Welcome to the most electrifying show where we discuss all topics related to high voltage. Let's go. What's up, buddy? Ah, you're lucky. You know that. Beat you again. See what I've said? I am the rock, paper, scissor champion. You're you're two for two today. Uh, You know, but actually, I'm two for three. You won the first. That is true. But you see what I'm saying, though. I see what you're saying, but I did that intentionally. Did you? You All did right. say you were going to throw paper first. I did. See, I threw you off your game. No, you, you did. Welcome, everybody. Another beautiful Monday morning. Well, Monday. We don't know when you're listening, but. Whenever you do listen. We'll make an assumption. On this Monday. We'll make an assumption here oh, anyway, yeah. right? Well, Blake, what's the latest, man? <sighs> same old, same old. Just working hard, sleeping Are less. you going to lie to everybody right now? I working am. hard? I am. I'm lying to everyone. How did you know? <laughs> Jeez, dude. Well, what about you? What you, what have you been up to? Wrapping up hunting season. Oh, yeah? Yep. You catch anything? Catch anything. <laughs> 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 no. Fishing season hadn't started yet. Going to Pennsylvania in February. So looking forward to that. Go play in the snow. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe? Yeah. No, you got to make a few snow angels. Well, no, I mean, there may not be any. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Usually there is. We we tend to go to Pennsylvania, usually around Valentine's Day in the past. We're not going that time this year. Mm. But usually there's a good amount of snow, but it ain't guaranteed. What's in Pennsylvania? All kind of stuff. It's a big state. Oh, yeah? It's a big state. Well, I meant, what are you going for? I don't think that's relevant to this. No? No. People, You don't think people want to know no. what you're doing up in Pennsylvania? Nope. Oh, Mr. Secretive. That's right. Uh, okay, I guess. that's right. You'll tell them when you get back. Maybe. Well, let's see news stories. Yeah, we hit some news stories. We've been on a kick. I mean, granted, you know, two weeks ago was an episode with just you and me. Besides that, we've really been on a kick where most of Monday shows have been, you know, we guessed. Right. We got to get back on the ball of producing our own content. Yeah, I know. Staying on the cutting edge of the news. Got to. However, I had to say, I say that probably half of what I have is like old news. All of what I have is old news. Imagine that. Anyhow, you got anything before we get started? Nope. Do you want me to uh, well, kick I wanted, it off first? I wanted, to kick, I wanted to kick this off just because okay. it may stimulate a little conversation and it kind of makes me laugh. That's all. I got an article here. And then also I have, as you can see, some social media posts, you know, where everybody comment, you know, everybody's an expert online. But it cracks me up, so I'll reference those because they're directly referencing this article. Okay. Right? This was... Well, the author was Mara McDonald. So there you go. Okay. The author is Mara McDonald. So at least I will credit her and cite her. There you go. Work. How about that? Yeah, I like it. I don't know what website it was on, but <laughs> I'll cite her. So this this is interesting. Congress spent seven point five billion with a B. Mm, that B word. That B word. Bill bill billion. That's a lot. Seven point five billion on EV chargers. After two years, none have been built. Hmm. Zero. Where did that billion go to? No, 7.5 bill. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> More than 2 billion of the 7.5 that was set aside has been distributed. To who? <laughs> but only two states have even broken ground on pretending to install these EV chargers. <laughs> you got to love government. That seems You got to love government. There's a long story here. President Joe Biden has made a transition to EVs, a key part of his presidency, spending billions uh, both to help companies that build them 
and to help customers afford them. I didn't know that record high inflation helped me afford stuff, but apparently. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, I did not. But apparently that's what's happening here. Oh, yeah, for sure. 2021 Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act included $7.5 billion to build 500,000 charging stations across the country. And how much have they built? None. Ooh. Zero. Two years later. Ooh. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Two years later, dude. Man, give me a job where it's paying billions and uh, <laughs> you don't have to really do anything. Uh-huh. Earlier this year, now this was last year, this was in 2023. So, by the way, this article is from December 8th of 2023. Okay. Okay. Earlier this year, so in 2023, the EPA, the good old Environmental Protection Agency. Right. We love them. They mandated that by 2030, so at this point, as we sit here today, six, six years, years, right? Half of all vehicles sold in the U.S. must be electric. Must be? That's what it says. Why must it be? I don't know, but here's my question. Here's my question. This really is not associated with this podcast, but I will sit here and, and ponder aloud. It says by 2030, half of all vehicles, so half of the vehicles sold, mm-hmm. must be electric. Well, here's my question, Blake. Here's my question. What's your question? They don't say that half of them made have to be electric. It says half that are sold have to be electric. You follow what I'm saying here? So the other half are, don't have to be electric? That's right. That's right. So why must it be sold? Then well, it, but here's my question. They're not mandating that half of them being made have to be electric. Right. They're not mandating that half of them on the road have to be electric. Mm-hmm. But half of the vehicles sold shall be electric. Mm. But here's my question, Blake. Here's my question. Let's use Chevrolet as an example. Okay. Or, or GM, just because it's easier to say GM. General Motors, how many EVs do they make? I don't know. Two? <laughs> two or three? Few. Right? Like, I, I don't. The Chevy Volt, if they even still make that, right? I think they, they probably have a couple EVs out there. There's probably more than we know. <laughs> but if you look at their entire lineup, but here, here's where my question comes from. You ready? Mm-hmm. How do they mandate that half of them that are sold are EVs? Because here's what I'm saying. So you go to your local Chevrolet dealership, right? Right. And you're like, man, look at that one ton Duramax right, right. there. Look at that half ton gasser right there. Mm-hmm. Ooh, look at that Camaro over there. But there is a Chevy Volt on the lot. So my question is, if yesterday they sold a Camaro, which is a gas engine, mm-hmm. today they can't sell anything except for An the EV vehicle. so that they're maintaining a... F- so if you go there and go, so, hey, boss, I got a hundred grand in my pocket. I want to drive that Duramax home right now. Right. Um, sorry, sir. We can only sell you the EV mm-hmm. because yesterday Someone we sold a gasser. a gasser. And today we had to sell an EV to maintain 50%. So that's my question because this is very specifically written, right? Right. That by 2030, half of all vehicles sold must be electric. So is there going to be a running tally of like, all right, guys, across the United States, we sold 10,000 diesel trucks. Mm -hmm. We got we can't sell any more diesel. Take the rest of them off the yeah, lot. Yeah, we got to sell 10,000 EVs before you're allowed to sell well, another fossil fuel-driven vehicle. Well, my other question H- that how does pops that up, my other question that pops up for that is, is half the stock at the dealerships going to be EV? The other half is going to be I gassers no and diesel? Like, I can't answer that. It would have to be, though. 
I, to, to but still, my thing is, though, hit those numbers. how do they dictate what you actually purchase? I don't think they can. Well, they just pass policy to say that. But here's my thing. That would be like saying half of the TV sold at Walmart will be a Samsung 58 inch. Mm-hmm. So you no longer have free will to go to Walmart and say, I want that one. Well, I don't think they're. Or I want that one. Or I want that one. They're going to they're going to dictate the market as to what you have to purchase. I as, does that make I, sense? What I see is them pushing it more for them to sell it. Maybe there's a bigger commission cap for it. I don't know. What I see is they're pushing more for it to be sold more versus. Well, of course they are. Yeah, they're, 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 that's why they have to man. You know how a policy is good when they have to mandate it for you right. to follow it. Right. That's how you know it's good mm-hmm. because if it was terrible, you would say, "Hey, this is a better option," and voluntarily do it. Right. But when it's a good policy, they have to pass mandates and. Force it down your throat. That's how good it is. But they can't force you to buy anything you don't want to either. Well, they can't, but if they just outlaw everything you have. Yeah, but they're going <laughs> to lose all more money that way. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know how they're going to mandate what 50% gets sold. I don't think they can mandate it. Well, I hear you. Because you're not going to walk up to a lot, to a Chevy lot, and looking be like, to buy a new diesel. Right. And, and that's gonna what I'm like, saying. They're going to be like, well, you have to buy. Yeah, we can't sell any fossil fuel driven vehicles today because mm-hmm. we're over our quota. Mm-hmm. We're only selling EVs this week. They're going to have like a sign that's equivalent to the days since last injury. Right. It's days since yeah. the last gas was sold. Hey, you want to know the best part? That EV was delivered with a diesel sucking semi. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Saving the world one vehicle at a time. Oh, All right, yeah. so this ties into it. This ties okay, into okay. it. I, I just want to try to bring a little bit of perspective to this. Today, today we have about 158,000 public EV chargers. It's a good amount. But they want one million, according to the Biden administration, they want one million by 2030. But we only have 158,000. Now, look, no, I have nothing wrong with that number. Like, that's a, that's a very optimistic number. Right. Good for them, right? Because I do think if they're going to sell us these vehicles, we have to be able to charge them, right? Right. But then I was like, man, 1 million. Like, that's a lot. But what does that number equate to? Let me tell you what I found. What's the math on that? We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, you. Yeah, you listening. Do you like personal finance or real estate? Are you itching to build wealth and create a better life for yourself or your family? Then you need to come check out the Life, Money, and More podcast with real estate agent, YouTuber, and actor, Sage Weiss. This isn't your average finance show. We dive deep and do not sugarcoat topics around money and life. The Life, Money, and More podcast releases two episodes a week just for you because we're all about helping you win in this crazy world we live in. Come join the thousands of listeners on the Life, Money, and More podcast. Right now, right now in the United States, there is more than 1.8 million gasoline pumps. So almost double that number, basically 2 million gas pumps. Mm. And with an average service time of 10 minutes to fill up a vehicle. So right now, when you go get gas across the United States, there's 2 million gasoline pumps. It takes 10 minutes to use that pump. Right. But their goal is to have half as many chargers that takes 40 minutes to you. So how long do you plan on waiting in line? Not that long. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're going to be. Nope. You're going to be. I will bicycle everywhere. <laughs> so basically, they're saying. 40 minutes. 
Yeah. See, that doesn't even seem like. Yeah. Uh, so there's going to be half as many chargers as gasoline pump and going from 10 minutes of fueling time to 40 minutes of charging time. You know what I'm saying? I, I hear what so you're basically, saying. It doesn't make any sense. Basically, <laughs> some guy, his name is Doug, did the math. And so, oh, okay. So if you wanted to math this out, Let's math it out. It would take over six million fast charge <sighs> to accommodate the two million, the gas. equivalent of gasoline pumps at one point eight million <sighs> gas so pumps. Dumb. Yep. So it's going to take approximately six million fast chargers too. They have to be the high amperage output fast chargers mm-hmm. for this number to even work. If they're slower than that, then this number gets thrown even worse, right? Right. But that's what we really need. So they can promise us a million or a half million chargers all they want. The math says that you're going to create absolute chaos and massive lines and waiting times. More money. So from what this gentleman figured out, you will need more than 6 million fast chargers to be equivalent to the 1.8 million gasoline pumps that we currently have. That's interesting. Only two states, I believe it said Michigan and Pennsylvania, that received all these billions of dollars. Only two states, which was Michigan and Pennsylvania, have even begun the process of breaking ground to install one. To install one. Not install a million or a thousand. Mm -hmm. To install one. So these states, you know, took $7.5 billion of our tax money. For nothing. (laughs) And we don't even have one charger to show for it. Found that interesting. And what I found was more interesting was the, the equivalency of the gasoline pumps and pump time versus the charge time. Yeah, because... And the amount of chargers that would be needed. Two million versus six, over six million. And the two million was... Well, it's actually 1.8. Yeah, it was 1.8. That's what I was about to say. And then it says more than six million. And then here's my other question. Here's my other question. And I realize you don't know the answer to this. I don't either. So if they use our tax dollars, mm-hmm. in this case, 7.5 billion, right. would it be... To build a charger, they still then charge us to charge our car. Oh, yeah. Nothing's free. (laughs) Don't you know that? We paid to build it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like you used our tax money to fund this thing. Right. And now you're going to charge me money to use a public resource that was paid for by the public. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the world we live in. (laughs) This sounds like some mafia stuff. Sounds like some... You know what I'm saying? I, I hear what you're saying. That would be like saying, hey, we used $200 million of your tax money to build a public library. But you got to pay to go. But <laughs> every time you're in a book, it's going to cost you 10 bucks. Yeah. Why, why, why did I pay for the library then? Mm-hmm. What's the point of paying for the library if I'm not going <laughs> to I could just order the books for $10 off Amazon, my right, man. I right. could own that sucker, right? Mm-hmm. But the bigger question is, where'd the money go? Mm, I think we all know. Mm-hmm. The, uh, hey, there's pockets. a there's a cool picture here of Biden and Kamala Harris. Is he falling? I, well, it's hard to say in this photo. And they have a display of a charger, like on a pegboard, right? Mm-hmm. And it shows a very rudimentary AC panel with this charger. And then there's a sign that says, you know, electric vehicles only. And then there's a big sign there for the IBEW symbol. I don't know. It's a very interesting huh. picture. Is that Kamala? It looks like Kamala. It looks like it is. Mm-hmm. Does it not say in the... Uh thing here i don't know yeah i'm not seeing it so anyhow there went 7.5 billion (laughs) and he's standing there like like he knows what's going on but you know nothing's going on there you don't know that 
The lights you are don't. the lights are on, but no one's home. You've never talked to him. You don't. Yeah, I don't need to talk to him to figure that out. Yeah, come on. <laughs> All right, man. What do you got? Probably not nearly as entertaining as what you have. I can almost guarantee it. Well, that doesn't make me want to read it anymore. <laughs> well, you opened the door. Yeah, well, you didn't have to slam it open for me. <laughs> All righty. So the title of my research article mm-hmm. from the 1980s. No, I'm just kidding. From this was from 2022. Okay, is flexible approach to trenchless construction. Okay, was he guess what that means? No, off the bat. Well, I mean directional bore. What trenchless would be directional bore? Directional bore. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Just sound it out and see if you can figure it out. Directional bore. Bore. So, so let's say sounds like a creature that could run in any direction. Let's say you need to put a cable under the highway. Okay. Well, it was really not feasible to shut down the road for two days, take a backhoe, dig the entire road out to a trench, right? right. Lay the cable in the ground and then backfill the trench and then re-pour asphalt, right? right? So you have these machines that are like this long extendable rod, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. right? And you take it and you guide it and it drills or bores mm. under said object. And that's why it's called a directional board because you can steer it. It's okay. directional, right? You can steer it somewhat. <laughs> somewhat, not like Yeah, I mean, there's a science to it, right? It's not, you're not driving a car. Right. But yeah, so you bore under the road and then it pops back up and then you sleeve it with conduit and then you pull your cable. The road was had cars on it the entire time. Mm. You were set up on one side to the other and then boom, everything okay. is done. That's called a directional bore. Hmm. That so would be what I assume. know everything, huh? <laughs> no, that's just what I would assume is a trenchless alternative. Well, let's find out, shall we? Yes, please. So, Dominion, Virginia finds the right fit for a subterranean operation through difficult terrain. This is the heading. It's kind of, you know, the hook. Oh, they, I'm they hooked. Call the hook. It worked. They hooked me. I'm on the edge of my seat. Oh, man. I can't wait to hear the next sentence. Oh, man. I don't even want to read the next no, sentence. No, hit me with no, it, dude. No, I'm just going to start making up stuff. No, hit me with story. it. Come on. I'm hooked. Okay. If you're hooked, then. What did Dominion do? Well, they're trying to find the right way to, you know. I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was I was looking at the thing God, and I lost is, my place. The suspense is killing me. <laughs> They're just trying to find the right fit for subterranean operation. Through terrain. Yeah, I figured Trenchless that. construction. I figured that. When installing an underground transmission line, project partners often ran into unexpected encounters when working, you know, in the terrain. Uh-huh. Could you imagine that? Subterrain. Subterrain. My fault, my fault. In 2018, the Virginia State Corporation Commission approved a 230 k V underground line, which began construction in fall of 2020. The 4.3 mile long project started in part near a densely populated residential area. It was necessary due to the increased electrical demand in Northern Virginia, right? which I didn't think. What? Northern Virginia. I thought it wasn't Northern. Never mind. You know, I'm not going to put my foot in my mouth. Oh, that's too late. No, 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 Remember no, no, the no, whole no, no. beltway you made fun of me? I hate that beltway. <laughs> that's what you said, though. Where do you think, like, Washington, D.C. is? Like, oh. if we were to geographically just look at a map of Virginia. Probably northern. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to make a guess the way okay. you're laughing at me right okay. now. During the planning and engineering process, Dominion Energy selected the open trench method to install the underground cable for most of the route. The open trench method not only provided lower risk compared to other underground methods, but gave construction crews the most accessibility to the work area, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming that's, you know, the traditional... Yeah, open trench. Yeah, you just sit there, you know, break open the ground, mm-hmm. do what you need to do, cover it back up. Zip it back up. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Right? Right. So that's the end of the story. Oh. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Wow. <laughs> I was looking that, that was a total letdown. No, no, no. I was just looking at your face there. See <laughs> I know. If I get you. Additionally, the open trench method is typically installed three to four feet below grade, which is much shallower than trenchless methods. Mm-hmm. However, one section along the route intersects with two interstate highways and a metro rail track, uh, which, you know, it's probably... Come on. Probably what? Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Let you hear what? what oh, you did. want me to keep going? Yeah, what okay, they okay. did. I was about to interject something. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no please no, no, interject. No, no. Please. Okay. Don't put my foot in my mouth. Uh, the open trench method would obviously not be feasible for this location. So the team determined that horizontal directional drilling, or HDD, was the best way to install the new cable under the existing My facilities. My God. Man. What are you manning about over there? Man. What are you manning about over there? Nothing. No, no, no. Enlighten me. I mean, is that not what we just said to start the article? Was you said something about bore drilling. Directional boring. Yes. That's what they're talking Is this? Yeah. Is this news article boring you? <laughs> no. No, because I've been on the edge of my seat to hear those words come yeah. out of your mouth. Yeah, yeah. you've just been waiting for it, huh? Yeah. So it's obviously not that old. Mm, what do you mean? What's not that old? Well, if that was like the uh, the option the entire time. Well, yeah. Why didn't they that's just do that? has been an option since probably the late 80s. Well, that's what I'm saying. Why Why was this like I can't tell a confusing you. article? I feel like, where was that article post? TND World. I don't know. I feel like there's probably some manager somewhere that wanted his name on like making some amazing decision. Oh, you think that's what yeah. it is? That's just my guess. I don't know. But yeah, nothing about that sounds abnormal or spectacular. I mean, when you said it out loud, I was kind of like, hmm. Since like 40 years ago. Right. <laughs> Why is this a trending article? I know. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be my guess. Mm. Oh, the truck continue knows? with it? Yeah. Why not, man? So they directional board under, did you say two interstates and a railroad track? Metro rail track. Yep. yep. Two interstates. Correct. So in spring 2021, almost one year into the anticipated two year project, the drilling operation resulted in several inadvertent return events or IR events, where drilling fluid mitigates to the surface somewhere along the drilling alignment. Mm -hmm. Certain geological conditions such as porous and fissured soil Mm -hmm. units and discontinuous rock formations can create an environment more susceptible to IRs than more competent formations of the same type Mm -hmm. of soil. Don't ask me what that just said. (laughs) Just make because that was a lot. (laughs) seemed like it was bouncing all over the place there. It was just trying to be fancy. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, The team employed enhanced techniques to mitigate against IRs in response to these occurrences. This includes... What? Take a guess. So the IRs... Okay. Which are anomalies. Anomalies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They're sinkholes. Sinkholes, Mm -hmm. basically. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a good... Good, yeah. Versus whatever that whole paragraph I just read. So they employed Mm -hmm. enhanced techniques to mitigate against IRs. Yeah. Which would be filling them with grout. Well, no flowable fill. No, 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 no. Like how they're able to look into it. Oh, uh, GPR, lidar. Yeah, what's GPR? Ground penetrating radar. Oh, so the same as lidar. Kinda, kinda, kinda. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why are you looking at me? Like <laughs> I, that? I feel like you're messing with me. I'm not messing with you. You're not. No. Oh, okay. Okay. No, I'm not. So does this mean you didn't like pre-read this article? I at did all? pre-read it a little bit, but. They were using too many fancy words. So. <laughs> <laughs> too many verbs and pronouns. Yeah, way too many synonyms in here. <laughs> they used the LIDAR and hired a specialist to monitor the conditions of the drilling fluid. However, the team paused drilling activities as the mitigation measurements were exhausted and ineffective during the drilling of Path 2, which I'm assuming is, you know. Well, it was the, after Path 1. Right. Yeah. Really? I don't know. You said Path 2. <sighs> 
<laughs> Wouldn't you take path one first? We'll be back after a quick break. Are you interested in small businesses? My name is David C. Barnett, and I've been podcasting and producing YouTube videos about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses for almost 10 years. I'm a former business broker and have owned and operated several businesses, and I've been advising business owners since the 1990s. Each week, I create a new podcast, which answers one of your questions, and I've always got amazing, exciting guests. You can find me on YouTube by going to smallbusinessanddealmakingpodcast.com or just search David Barnett's Small Business in any podcasting app to find me. I look forward to seeing you around. <laughs> Not if you're going backwards. I guess. So this is on Utility Dive. It appears this article was written by Ethan Howland or Holand. He's a senior reporter. The green underground transmission line between MISO and PJM, I have no idea what those are, clears have it. the key hurdle with Iowa approval. What they're saying is the proposed SOO green transmission line between the mid-continent, that would be the MISO, I guess, mm. mid-continent independent system operator and PJM interconnection regions cleared a key hurdle when it was approved by Iowa regulators last week. The Iowa Utilities Board approved a petition by by SOO, the Green HVDC Link Project, for a franchise to build and operate the Iowa portion of the line. It's a 525 kV high-voltage DC line that's going to run about 350 miles underground. It's going to run parallel to a railroad between Mason City, Iowa, and Yorkville, Illinois. So yeah, I thought it was interesting. I've only seen two DC circuits in my life. Two DC Where circuits. At? Nevada. And I have definitely never seen a 500 kV underground circuit. And you said that was how long? 300? 350 miles underground. So the whole... Subterranean, you mean? Yes. Yeah. So the whole line segment is obviously much longer than that, I would assume, but mm -hmm. it's 350 miles underground. Maybe the entire project's 350, but I would assume not. But you never know, right? 525 kV DC underground. That's interesting. I'd like to see the cables. I'd like to see the cables. Like how large they are? Yep. Yep. I would like to see the cables. And then the other thing is, I don't know, being DC, mm -hmm. like, does that change? But does that change, like, how much insulation is required on the cables? I would imagine. Um, do those cables? it's a direct current. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that that changes really the insulating factor. I don't know. Right. Oh, yeah, because it is underground. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like you're running into so it's, it. It's clearly like a shielded, you know, right. completely encapsulated. But, I mean, do they still use, like, concentric ground like you would in, like, a 1 million underground? I don't know. But that caught my eye. 525 kV DC mm. and underground. Three things that I found intriguing all in one location. <laughs> well, so, yeah. not one location. If I'm ever in Mason City, Iowa... I mean, or have, Illinois. Or Yorkville, Illinois. I might just have to see if I can find her. I mm. mean, it'll be underground. Just bring a shovel with you. It'll be subterranean. Yeah, subterranean. Make <laughs> sure you bring a drilly goat. <laughs> That's what we need is a drilly goat. <laughs> that should have been the answer to my article, was the drilly, the drilly goat. <laughs> that was just for setting poles, though, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. In the Black Hills. I was looking to see if there was anything else more interesting. This does involve FERC. So, basically, these two, they're Democrat. Lawmakers, you got Senator John Hickenlooper, he's a Democrat out of Colorado, and then Representative Scott Peters, a Democrat out of California. They introduced what is called the Big Wires Act. Big Wires Act. I like what that. is that? 
I don't know, but it sounds good, doesn't it? It does not sound good. <laughs> big wires. Big wires act. Mm-hmm. A bill will require FERC transmission planning regions to be able to export 30% of their peak load to neighboring areas. So if this bill passes, it's going to force FERC's hand. So if this bill passes, FERC will have 18 months to issue a ruling to basically directing all the different regions to meet the targets. So that'll be interesting if that bill does pass or already did pass. When was this article? This is from September of 23, but it says it's been updated three times. So I don't know. Could have been the last time it was updated. I have no idea, right? So I don't know if this has been updated since then. If that bill passes, that's going to affect FERC. They're going to have 18 months basically to issue a ruling to comply with that bill. Mm. Another thing I found interesting is this Big Wires Act, which is affecting this project, right? was drawn up by a guy in Colorado and a guy in California. Neither one in Illinois or Iowa. So I don't know, man. I don't know, but it could be a good thing, actually. When I read through the bill, I'm not going to bore everybody with reading 40 pages of the Big Wires Act. Mm. The, the bill sounds interesting as anything. I'm sure there's pros and cons, but it will allow those interconnecting regions mm-hmm. to trade electricity back and forth and should become technically more efficient in theory, more How efficient. So? Well, because let, let's say this is a way, way, way dumbed down right approach, but this is the only way I can rationalize it. So let's say, what would be a good way to say it? If, trying to find like an example. Yeah, of I'm trying to think of a way to example. Let's say Florida. Okay. Florida produces 800 megawatts, right? But we only use 600. So we have 200 that literally go nowhere. Right. Right. Georgia needs 800 megawatts, but they only produce 600. So we can give Georgia our 200. Mm-hmm. Right. And those things exist already. Right. We, we have interconnects and substations from different utilities and across state lines. Right. Okay. The grid doesn't stop. Right. At right. an imaginary state line. Right. However, from what I was reading in the Big Wires Act, they published here. It's a very difficult and arduous process of dealing with different state regulators mm. on how they receive those 200 megawatts and then how do they sell those 200 megawatts back. So let's say next week, Florida's extremely hot. We need 200 additional megawatts to handle our load. So now we're, so we're going to borrow from- back from Georgia those mm. 200 megawatts. Well, uh, the, the regulations may not be, let's say, like for like. In other words, we give them 200 real easily, but then when we want 200 back, they're like, screw you. Mm. Right? Well, if it's in the Florida, big... can we just take it back? <laughs> I don't know that it works that way. If you're not producing it, you can't just take it. I'm saying if it's produced in Florida. Well, no. We're that's, I'm, in this example, I'm saying we would then want 200 back from Georgia. Oh, okay. Like, we saying? don't have enough. Right. But you, because of how the different regulations are, this is supposed to unify that process if that makes sense instead of each state and each regulatory body having their own rules and regulations Mm -hmm. this should do a more unified whether you're in florida california maine or washington right right like the one thing i do find interesting is all of these are government agencies Hmm. all of them right FERC is a government agency Right, right right the public service commissions are government agencies right the lawmakers that are passing this Big Wires Act are government agencies and government employees, mm-hmm. right? But I love how they realize that each government agency has such screwed up policies that they now have to make a new government policy 
to unify the government agencies in which they already <laughs> created. Right. That's government for you. But here's what I like. So they're saying is the answer to screwed up government policy is passing more policy. That's how they get you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, though? Yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, we created this thing called FERC that's supposed to regulate everything. Mm-hmm. Well, the regulations are screwed up. So now we're going to pass an act that then regulates FERC, who's supposed to be regulating the agency. Everything. Right. 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 So good Lord. It's like a cat chasing his own tail. Well, my question is, when do you recognize that more more of the same is not better? Uh, well, I don't think it's for us to decide. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. We the people. Mm-hmm. We the people decide, do we not? So tell that to uh, the seven billion we've lost in Pennsylvania <laughs> and what no, was the other state? No, no, no. It was Pennsylvania, Michigan, but no, Michigan. you got it wrong. They're the only two states that are even acting on that money. Right, right. All the other states that took it out and done a dang thing mm. with that money. Okay. Yeah, so you're picking on their own, too. No, I'm not picking on any, too. I like Pennsylvania. I was just up there. I love Pennsylvania. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I really do. Amish town. Mm, that's Lancaster County area. Yeah. Yeah. We saw the Amish dude when I was up there. Mm-hmm. He had a reflector's light on his uh On carriage. the back of his carriage, yeah? It's pretty baller. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> you want to live the Amish life now? No. No? I don't think I could. So Moody's warned, this is also on Utility Dive. This was written by Diana Diganji. Reliability costs associated with backstopping renewables could rise to $435 billion a year by the year 2030. You hear that, Blake? $435 billion a year. By That's the year just... 2030. Utilities increase the amount of renewable energy in their fuel supply mixes. The associated need for an increase in resource buffers could lead to oversupply that would increase power price volatility and grid reliability costs. Uh, because wind and solar power generation depends on weather conditions and is thus not dispatchable, load-serving utilities will likely build in a cushion of supply. So do you understand what they're saying here? You want, nope. to, you, want to, you want me to dumb, <laughs> dumb it this down, down? Dumb it down. Here we go. I want, let, me, let Jeremy dumb this down. Go ahead, Jeremy. <laughs> what they're saying is, I'll, I'll use their words and explain it. You ready? Right. As we increase the amount of renewable energy, we have this issue. Because wind and solar is not dispatchable, and it depends on weather conditions. So what do they mean, mean by it's that? It's not dispatchable. So here's what they mean by that. If you were running a peaker unit or a coal fire unit. What's a peaker unit? So Something peak, that peaks? Yep. So peak load hits and you need a little more generation, three, five megawatts, whatever that number is. Mm. You can fire up a peaker unit like a light switch on off. Okay. Right. They're usually super expensive to operate and maintain. They're basically jet turbines. So they look like a jet engine off a of 747. Mm. So they're sucking jet fuel, right? But you can turn them on like now. We're like, let's say a nuke plant. A nuke plant takes days to ramp up. Wide up. And and then you also ramp down. You don't want to do, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's a button somewhere that you can hit and shut that plant down right now. Mm -hmm. Not good for it. Oh, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But it's probably better to shut it down. Peaker units are are very small that you can pop them up overnight just about. Mm. And when the demand peaks, you can turn that sucker on. And if an hour later you don't need it, you turn it right off. <laughs> Again, it's, it's like a jet engine, like on an airplane, right? But because of that, though, they're very expensive because they're drinking jet fuel. They're just drinking jet fuel, right? Which is not the most efficient means to fuel something, right? I wouldn't think so. <laughs> but anyhow, but anyhow, neither here nor there. So what they're saying is, though, is basically the battery storage, the best sites that we've talked about numerous times on this show. Yep, yep. What they're saying, let me let me go back to use their words again. 
Because wind and solar power generation depends on weather conditions and is thus not dispatchable, load-serving utilities will likely build in a cushion of supply. Cushion of supply. Battery storage. Mm. Right? So, in other words, they need 18 megawatts a day, but that solar farm's producing 15 megawatts. Mm -hmm. They have this battery storage that can pick up up. those three megawatts, right? Problem is, with that, as this article uh, states right here in the headline, is reliability costs associated with backstopping renewables. That's what they're, that's the fancy word they're going to say. Backstopping renewables. Yeah, that's the fancy term they're going to use to say for not having enough solar and wind to Mm. go around. So we're quote unquote backstopping, right? Right. It could rise to $435 billion a year. So now that's what we're paying for batteries, battery sites. That just doesn't even seem realistic. Maintenance of all these battery sites, replacements of these cells, and all the stuff associated with it. Mm. So there's another example, though, of misleading or false advertising because we're told, oh, we can build this solar field, uh, let's say, for half a million dollars. Right. You're like, okay, that's not bad. What they don't tell you is there's 435 billion of batteries and everything else to go with it Mm. to make it even function. Right. Right. Or at least function. No, that's that's because of the inefficiency of it. No, no. Right. Because it's it's the battery bank that's having to produce that extra power. Well, battery bank don't produce nothing. Never forget that. Yeah. Never forget that. Battery bank is storage. Right. Stores the extra mm-hmm. and then it well, or it then sends the, that's right when, yeah. when the demand needs it right right so four hundred and thirty five billion a year is what they're estimating by twenty thirty is what going to these renewables which require the batteries and all to be actually functional in a true baseload generation type capacity that's a lot of greenbacks my man greenbacks greenbacks money you never heard of greenback really I'm sorry greenbacks how did I don't know. Moolah. How does that mean money. I mean, what do you call money? I've heard of moolah. Okay. Greenbacks. Money. Yeah. Does it make sense though? I mean, it's green. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> There's a back to everything. I think you're way overthinking it. Probably. Anyhow, trying Trump, to find the connection. Y'all let but... us know if you've ever heard the term greenbacks. <laughs> so anyhow, man, I found that interesting because we have brought up the well the best sites. We've had Jay on a couple times speaking right. about best sites. Oh, you know what? Shout out to Jay. Shout out Jay. Shout out to Jay Blake. Talked to the man not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. When I say that, I mean he texted me like three hours ago. And uh, oh, today. <laughs> and he actually has a new job. Oh. In the Bez industry. Working for another company that's doing battery supply, building these big facilities. And if you recall, which I know you don't listen, but if you recall, (laughs) if you recall, (laughs) his forte was like the fire suppression systems Mm -hmm. and the battery safety side of it. And I think that's what he's doing. I think this new company Jay is with is doing a lot of the new cutting edge, like fire suppression (laughs) and and safety devices. That's pretty cool. So I hope to have him back on in the future. I want to hear about his new job. And I want to hear about some of this new technology they're working on. Because because the other thing is, since he's with this new company that's like doing cutting edge stuff, they're doing a ton of R&D, right? Mm. So the downside is they're doing less actual field work and building these sites. They're doing more on the R&D side. But what's cool is, even though his role is more on the fire suppression and safety side, even though that's his role, he's still getting exposed and seeing 
the new, new types stuff. of batteries and the systems that are in place to mm -hmm. utilize these batteries. So I'm hoping the man will reach out to us when he gets I'm settled sure in with his new role. And I, I really want to hear what he's seeing. If he can divulge too much, I don't know. Right, he might be sworn to secrecy. Yeah, he probably had to sign an NDA. NDA, but, um, governments type stuff. I don't government. This no, is an independent just, yeah. private business. Right, right. I'm just. But it'd yeah, be cool to anyhow. Shout out to Jay. Congrats so, on your new job. I wish you the best. Sounds like it's a role that's made just for him. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, that was definitely like his forte. That's his strong suit for sure. Anyhow, here's a quote in this article, which I kind of found surprising to be honest with you, because I thought we've been making pretty good strides as an industry as a whole with the batteries, with the solar, with the when, right? Like this isn't new stuff. This stuff's been running around for 10, 15 years, right? right. But it, here's a quote. Unfortunately, I don't know who the quote is from. I'll just continue to read. It says, so far, battery storage has failed to alleviate the growing price gap. Mm. As the growth, renewable generation outpaces new storage. In other words, it's easy to throw up a solar field. It's a lot more expensive and harder to have storage for what that solar field can produce. Huh. So it's and not that's a storage where, field's problem. It's the battery. Yeah, it's storage. It's not solar right. generation. It's right. the storage, it's the storage of, of said. Of. That's right. Huh. Moody said, adding that while battery storage could reduce the gap between daytime and nighttime power prices, new battery storage would need to exceed new renewable capacity. So basically what they're saying is, the utilities have done a great job of buying a lot of solar panels and installing all these solar panels and they put on their websites. We're 40% renewable. Right, right. The problem is that ain't doing it. What's more important at this point is the storage side, not the generation side. Well, it's probably the generation side that's getting looked into like. Well, because that's what's fancy and that's what they want. Well, yeah, that's, that's what everybody puts green, on their website. I bet yeah. if we look up every utility on their homepage right now on the website, <laughs> there's gonna fields. be solar there's gonna be pictures of solar fields. Yeah. Right? But that don't mean a hill of beans if you can't if get you can't that power that energy, to the yeah. customer. Right. Right. But yeah, that was interesting though, as far as the amount of batteries that are needed mm -hmm. and the cost to us, the customer, is four hundred and thirty five billion a year by twenty thirty. That's insane. A year, though. That's not like a one-time upfront cost of, hey, we need to invest this money. Right. They're saying that that's going to be the yearly cost by 2030 is $435. I wonder what it is now. <laughs> I would say somewhat less than that. Oh, obviously. <laughs> you know? Hopefully, hopefully. If yeah. not, then that's good. And then this will be my next, uh, I don't want to say fear, but I, I guess somehow you could equate it to a fear. The next thing I would wonder is, so here's the problem. Let's say that we like, all right, let's invest this $435 billion and we're going to install 5 trillion battery stations. Right. Here's the problem. In five years or in 10 years, they're all going to go bad again at the same time. So you're going to have to spend. you got to stagger this stuff. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. you got to stagger Can't this stuff. Can't have it all go out at once. Right. I realize some will fail sooner than others, but overall. It's going to be around changing the same, there, that's right. all of them around the that's same That's right. So then you are constantly going to be hit with these, instead of just some yearly annual maintenance, and let's say you're replacing or replenishing 10 to 20% of your fleet every year. Mm -hmm. Instead of that, they're going to do this massive overspend at a, at a chunk, and then they're all going to come due again at the same time. Mm. You know what I mean? Where ideally you would like, let, let's say you hope you get 10 years out of them. Mm -hmm. Then that means your annual yearly, you would like to replenish or replace 10%. So at the end of that 10-year cycle, you've done 100% of your batteries. Right. So you're just maintaining a 10% replenishment. Every year. Every year right. on your O&M costs. You're, you're maintaining, right? It doesn't sound like that's their plan. 
which is kind of concerning. It's uh, that is concerning. because when that bill comes due, it's going to come due all at once. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of batteries to change <laughs> yeah. out. The and good let me news, tell you, they're not fun. The good news for people like you or me and people that are listening to the yeah, show, job job security, it could be good job security in this industry for many many years to come. Yes, you know what I'm saying. I see it. But who wants to change batteries out? I don't. Hey, look. All at once. Let me tell you what. <laughs> when that check hits the bank, mm. the bank has never called and asked how hard did I work for that money. It just hits the bank. Mm. I could care less. So you could. No, the bank cares less. I could care less. You could care less. I could care less. Really? Let me tell you, man. You got to give a company 40 hours a week. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, you got to give them a minimum of 40 a week, right? Right. Does it really matter? Does it really matter in five years from now? How you earn that money? Probably not. No, of course not. Of course not. Hot take. <laughs> that ain't a hot take. <laughs> no. I'm no. just saying. Look, I've had some super crappy days in my life. Have you had crappy yeah, days yeah, in your life? for sure. But let me ask you, if you think back on it, was it that crappy today? Uh, some more than others. But some yeah. more than others, but were they that but bad? But at the time, yeah. Right. You see what I'm saying? There, so it's more I, exaggerated When that check clears the bank and you look back and go, man, I made how much money this year? You're not You'll forget yeah. all about those one or two days that right. you were just killing it. <laughs> like the drive to Nevada. <laughs> Which that wasn't even no, hard work. Even that hard. was just strenuous. All right. Do you, you want to do some- uh, You ain't got your other news article. Let's hit these shout outs. Well, yeah, throw me under the bus like <clears> one last time. I, huh? I have to. I have to. <laughs> no. There's still like 20 pages here. We're not going to hit all these. No. All right, let's see. Let's hit some shout-outs from the Facebook, the LinkedIn's, the Instagram's, all this good stuff. <laughs> we got Kyle. Let's see. Kyle was at Heartland Wind Farm. Hey, that makes me wonder. I worked, Heartland. I worked at a Heartland Divide, I think is what it was called. Was that in Iowa or Nebraska? But anyhow, Heartland Wind Farm. Kyle, appreciate the photo, man. Wow, I'm studying these photos. I think this might be one that I seriously was at a while back. Anyhow. You want to describe the photo for... No, how do you want me to describe a photo? Okay, so there's steel. There's a man lifting the air. Let me see. Let me see what there's photo. clouds I'll, I'll in the sky. It, I'll show you it. Go ahead. Describe that photo. Or the, which one? One of these three. They're all from Kyle. All from Kyle. So yeah. we have a nice, beautiful blue sky in the background. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Well, thank you, <laughs> Well, thank you, buddy. You could be more descriptive. on. You could paint a picture, as they say. I could. But you're not going to. I'm not going to. That's why we need they video. They can check out our Facebook page. That's why we need video. They can check out the Facebook page. You could have pulled it right there. I know. I know. You front the money for the studio, and I'll do it. I'll tell you what. If we get a good sponsorship. Mm -hmm. We got Marty sent us uh, pictures of some eagles on a cell tower. We got Daniel sent us four eagle photos. The eagles are out in full force, folks. Mike doing line work. Christina. She's back. That name sounds familiar, doesn't it, Blake? That name sounds familiar. In fact, Christina will be on next week. Really? Yep. And what does she do? She does line work. Oh, okay. And sub work. But yeah, Christina will be on the show next Monday, guys. Right? Let me double check the calendar real quick. Let's I think see. it is. Christina will be on? The 4th. February 4th. Bingo. Bingo was his name-o. Thank you, Christina, for the pictures. Oh, yeah. Look forward to everybody hearing your story uh, next week. So, yeah, Christina sent us some substation pictures, a selfie, a sunrise in Virginia. Mm. And she sent us a few cup pictures. So thank you, Ooh, Christina. I like yes. the cup pictures. I do too. 
So Steve was watching the sunset while, uh, yeah, he was, he was making air. some jumpers. He's a oh, jumper. okay. I was looking at that nah, one. He's making some jumpers there. Okay. Thank you, Steve. I Jordan. like the sunset ones. Those are good photos. Yep. Jordan's been active on the Facebook, liking and sharing. We got Krista. Do you know Krista? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I Buffalo. know Krista. That's right. Buffalo, New York. Krista's sending some selfies at 25 degrees. Mm-hmm. Something that has not been done in our state, unless you had a walk-in I'm just remembering my pictures I got. Mm-hmm. And then she also sent us some cup photos. Donnie, remember, call back to Donnie the Switch Man. So Donnie sent us cup photos. Appreciate it, Donnie. Robbie sent us some sunset pictures in the substation. Albert was doing some helicopter highline work. Oh. Thanks, Albert. Garrett was doing a helicopter work to send us a video. Thanks, Garrett. Mickey was in Washington, sent us some pictures. Dell. 756 kv ct mm. retirement it was in max meadows retirement? virginia retirement yeah in other words they removed it from service they retired it oh i thought, I mean he was retiring that was like his last well maybe dale is and congratulations on your yeah. future retirement dale. congratulations can't <laughs> wait to be there someday <laughs> ain't that right but yeah those are some monstrosity cts dude let me see 756 oh. kv look how big them suckers Golly. are go ahead you can finish that page I've been sent in a picture of the current build of it looks like a substation with some three breakers here. Amos sent in a sunset picture. I think we called him out too before. Have we? Yeah. I think uh, when I had all the note cards mm-hmm. and we went down them. It might have been when Krista was here. Oh, yeah. That Amos was on there. Well, shout out Amos. And Thank you I said, for the, you know, the famous reoccurring. Amos, yeah. The famous Amos cookies. Remember oh, that? yeah. You did say that. Uh huh. All right. Steven sent us a sunset. Jason sent us like. Big old switchyard substation that he's been working at. Jim. Jim's been commenting on Facebook. He likes a lot of content on Facebook. Aaron sent us some pictures with the hard hat sticker. Ooh. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. Do you have a oh, hard hat speaking sticker? Speaking of the hard hat sticker. Do you have a sticker on your hard hat? Of course I do. Let me see. I don't have my hard hat on me. Mm, you know. I don't believe you. Speaking of the hard hat stickers. Right. Oh, uh, that reminds me of all of our merch. Mm-hmm. Right. Been talking with a few providers on some different cups. So I think we're going to have some new cup designs coming out. Oh. Now we got to sell out of our current inventory. Right. I'm not going to pre-purchase. Season one cups? <laughs> yeah. You like that? Well, they're going to be probably half a season two cups as well. Uh. Yep. Talking to another vendor and provider on getting some new style mm. cups. Obviously, same logo. But we also have some new hard hat stickers. I think I showed you some. Remember the one that the Sparky, the lightning bolt guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, He says, remember, yeah, kids, yeah. electricity kills. And he's right. Like I remember you told bed. me about yeah, it. that's pretty it's kind of morbid, but I like it. <laughs> Check our website or our e-store or whatever the heck it's called. Buy us a cup of coffee. <laughs> Get us a beer. Check that out. Yeah, I think you told me about it. Should that. be a bunch of new merch yeah. coming out. What about the hats? Still, so here's the deal with the hat. Here's the deal with the hat. I'll Uh-oh. give you the story, right? Uh-oh. Oh, you're taking your headphones off. No, I'm off. just reading. Oh, you're just rearranging. Because my hat's hurting my head. <laughs> <laughs> here's the deal with the hats, man. I'm all for the hat. And it's not viable right now? Well, here's the deal. It's, I, I would have to, let me break it down. And I may misquote this by a dollar or two. Don't cut my head off. Each hat, the ones that I like, the ones that I think are the best style, mm-hmm. right? If you buy them individually, they're like 22 23 bucks. Which that's not a dumb number. Like I paid twenty dollars like for a hat. Sell them for twenty two. No. Or you? No. To me. Oh. 
they're like 22, 23 bucks, something like that. Then I had to get them shipped to me. Then I have to sell them and then I have to ship them to the purchaser. So that would mean I got to sell that hat for like like $32, which would only be $10, right? More than what I pay. Yeah. And I don't know that I can ship it to me and then ship it back to the customer for 10 bucks. That's only $5 shipping each time, right? That's still not us making a dime for the show. Really? It's cost that much? There's no like bulk buy? There is. And that's where I'm going. I said, if I purchase one. Right. In order to get that number down to, let's say, $15 a hat, which still isn't a massive savings. It's not really. But in order for me to get that number down to like 15, I forget if it was like 1587 or something, mm-hmm. I have to front the money and buy 100 hats. Oh. So how much money is that? A lot. <laughs> that would That's be $1,500. I need 100 people to sign up, though, too. Well, so that was an option I thought about, but that's also not fair. Uh, I was talking to my wife, and I was like, well, what we can do is on our website, throw up a pre-sale. Mm-hmm. Throw up a pre-sale. And once we get 100 orders, we we order them. Right. right? But then it, you're, you're right. It wouldn't be fair because you not people fair. waiting before. Right, because if people hear this episode today, right. log in and pre, pre-buy, let's say, two hats. I don't know. Right. What about pre-order? That's what I'm talking about. But you don't spend, they don't spend the money. That That's fine. That's fine. Right. But the thing is. They'd still be waiting. They might be waiting six months yeah. until the the full lot of a hundred is sold. Mm. And then we place the order. Yeah. You follow what I'm They'd saying? Like, well, but that's, that's how cool. that would work. Dude, I get your thinking behind it. Yeah. So that's doing the hats. But I know we talked about it. We have. We have. So just another thing to clear up. Yep. Well, we definitely talked about the hats, but we do have some different merchandise. We also have changed the vendor on the stickers with the new ones. Okay. These stickers are supposed to be, you know, like 10-year all-weather stickers. Wow. Yeah. Hopefully this new brand if you will, this new vendor is even going to be better. It's supposed to be like 100% fade proof, you know, guaranteed for 10 years, Um, which I don't know how I feel about that because if the stickers like, you know, fall off every six months, maybe they order more. You know what I'm saying? But the good news is, though, here's the deal. With this sticker, we can offer them at the same price. The price doesn't actually go up. Okay. Well, that's nice. You're getting a better deal for That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like, right? So hopefully that new batch is hitting. Actually, some of them already came in. Oh, really? Yep. Some of the smaller ones already came in. The bigger ones will be here, who knows, any day. (laughs) But yep. So we got new vendor, new provider on that. Look for the new stickers, and I think there's going to be a lot of stuff across the next three to five months added to our store here shortly. Mm. Like I think we're going to try to up our options. We've up been getting a lot. Well, we get a lot of requests of of different items, and so what's been as, like the most popular one? Well, unfortunately, the hat. Oh, but we haven't had enough to make me order a sleeve of a hundred. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Fifteen hundred. That's but a lot. the hat has probably been the most requested. Which I'm the same way. I'm a hat guy. Yeah. I, I well, you you see my living room. I mean, there are three hundred hats litter with hats. Yeah, <laughs> there must be hanging from deer antlers and all kind of stuff. You I can't got see the drywall. <laughs> that's right. I got hats. Yeah, my actually my walls aren't painted. You just don't know oh, it. That's smart. That's smart. <laughs> so, just hang up all your hats. That's right. So I, I get that. I'm a hat guy. Yeah. However, I I can't justify the price. No, I don't. I don't blame you. But Yep. So we'll we'll get the there. Good news, but here's the good news. So as we have talked with the hat people, as we've kind of talked with the sticker companies, right? Mm-hmm. For the hard hat stickers, the laptop stickers. By the way, those are the coolest. The laptop stickers. Yeah, we got really? those big, like seven and a half inch. What about car stickers? Well, so we have those. We don't have any on our website right now, and I'll tell you why. I've been trying one, mm-hmm. and I want to see that it holds up. 
Does that make sense? So we have sourced the vinyl people with a, you know, car grade or whatever you want to call automotive right. grade vinyl for outdoor use. Before we ship any and post them for sale, I want, make sure they hold up. I, I got them stuck to a couple of things outside in the weather. <laughs> right. And I want to, they've been out there for probably over a month now, but oh, I want to see, check them out. I want to see that they, they hold up in the future. Right. Hopefully. But yeah, the, the, the big, the big like laptop stickers, yeah. like I say, I think they're seven or seven and a quarter inch. I could be way off. They're my favorite. I love the color in them. Mm-hmm. And I love the well, detail. Like big, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're made to, you know, go on the back of your laptop or, or anything else. I mean, and supposedly those are 100% outdoor rated as well. So you could use oh. that on like your back window. Hmm. Let's stick one on your car. On my car? Yeah. We can use that as a tester <laughs> again to see how it holds up. How Depending on how big it is. Well, it's about as big as I told you. Seven inches? Yeah. We'll have to see. No. Put it on the roof. I, I have some here. <laughs> I have some here. And, but the laptop stickers have been selling pretty good, actually, on the website. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I think they look the best. But what I like about it is because it's so big, you can see all the detail. You see more color. And well, but you have all the, the detail. Like you can see the trees. You can see the transmission right. tower. Um, but anyhow. All right. Um, wow. You got me way off on merchandise. That's all you. <laughs> well, no, I brought it up. But then we just kept going. Got off on the hats. and Yeah. All right, dude. Let's wrap this show up again. Appreciate everybody. Yep. Thank uh, you, everyone. Continue to email us, engage. Um, hopefully, everyone has heard the overtime we did two weeks ago on the 17th. Well, it technically came out. Yeah, it came out yeah. the 17th. But we went over a bunch of listener questions, yep. right? So, yeah, it's, it's good. Y'all keep engaged. Yeah. We got a lot of content coming up. We have what probably five or six suggestions mm. on Spotify. Oh, yeah. For future content which we're actively putting together at least three of those as we speak, and we'll have the others in the works across the next six months or whatever. Anyhow, what you got, Blake? Signing what I off, got? Man. Oh, I'm signing off? Oh, oh, I do have something for you. Your news articles today? Ah. Uh, yes. <laughs> Very funny. Yes, yes. Your uh, attention span today? <laughs> to my news articles? <laughs> well. Yeah, because I caught you in good. In fairness, <laughs> no one was listening. Yeah, probably not. That's like the point where the drive, you forget part of your drive. You yeah, know? right. <laughs> you get that road. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Road hypno- hypnosis or something. I don't never had that in my life. You've never driven somewhere and you're like, man, I don't remember driving like this nope. little portion. Nope. It seemed to go by like that. Nope. Don't never had that in my life. Really? Hmm. I'll have to enlighten you on it. <laughs> What's it like? It's awesome. <laughs> What's it's it like, like to time be time travel? Life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm just, you know, just thankful for everyone pitching in. That's I, it. I'm just staring no. at you. I'm just staring at you to see. <laughs> you give me these looks and it throws me off Look, every single you, time. You're like thankful for everyone pitching in. I did. I was. I wasn't gonna bail you out. <laughs> I, know, I was just fair. watching the show. Man. Nah, you know what? I'm just gonna roll with it. I can't wait till we get video. I can. <laughs> I I can't wait till we get video. We gotta get a studio first. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Though. I can't wait till that point because it's gonna be because your looks and I'm gonna be looking at you and you're gonna be like. Give me this face. Yeah, sometimes I do give you strange looks just to see how you react. Yeah, yeah. I, like, uh, I look at you like very inquisitive. And yeah. Then the next time I just look at you like I'm mad. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm like, not. I'm not. I'm just wanting to see how you react. And it messes me up <laughs> like 90% of the time. Okay. Is <laughs> but, what it uh, is. No, we just appreciate everyone reaching out. We love the feedback, the support. All right, man. Let's do this thing. Let's hit it. Hey, everyone. Thank you all for listening. If you guys want to check us out, where can they check us out, Jeremy? 
Oh, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and email us at workingwithlightning at gmail.com. Man, that sounds great. It is. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Appreciate your time. Yep. Take it easy, everyone. See you.